Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Today, I want to make a statement before heaven and earth, the angels, those beneath, that the word of God is indisputable and incorruptible. It is truth. Your circumstances do not change the integrity of the word of God. What you see with your eyes does not change the power of the word of God. What you're going through does not negate that Jesus is who he says he is, and he is the word. He is power. He is authority. He is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And the worst voice that any of us can listen to is the voice that says, has God said. You and I don't understand everything that's happening. We don't understand why some people seem to have every prayer answered and other people don't. We don't understand why some people are healed and some people are not. But it does not change the authority and the integrity of the word of God. He is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. And no circumstance changes that. And I just want to make that proclamation today. And remind you again that all storms have an expiration date. But the house built on the rock, which is the word of God. Notice that Jesus said, when the storms come and beat against that house, make no mistake about it. Storms come to beat you up. To beat you with wavering. The waves of doubt, the waves of unbelief, the waves of questioning God. The storm comes to do that. It will beat against your house. But the integrity of your foundation is proven by whether or not you stand in the storms. There is not one person exempt or immune, not one. I can prove it to you in the word if I had time. But I'll give you two examples in the book of Daniel. It says that the devil comes to wear out the saints. And in the book of Revelation in chapter 12, very clearly, he comes to wage war against the saints. What more do you need to prove there is a war? The battle is won, but the war is very present. And I told you last week, I'm going through my own right now. But you know that old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I believe that. I believe that what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And I believe that as we count it all joy when we fall into various trials and temptations, that the testing of our faith 
the testing of our faith. Did you hear that? The testing of our faith will produce endurance. And if we let endurance or patience have its perfect result, then we will be people without defect, lacking in nothing. Then we will. But if you moan and complain and you question God and shake your fist, well, then maybe you need to go, let's see, I'm going to start bringing my sword with me because I think it's ridiculous that we don't. And so I'm going to read to you Matthew 7, 24, beginning with, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, Let's, let's do that again. Everyone who hears and you got to hear and do. Most Christians hear the word and they go, yes, and amen, but they don't act upon it. Obeying them will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rock is Christ. The Bible says so. The rock is Christ. That's why when Moses struck the rock, there was a symbolism or a type and shadow of Christ instead of doing what the Lord said, and that was speaking to the rock. It cost him inheriting the promised land, getting to enter it. He got to see it from a distance. But you know what? I just think that really stinks, that I would get to see from a distance what God has promised me, but I don't get to possess it. So he's built his house, built his house up on the rock. The rock is Christ. Christ is the word. Remember, we're talking about making God's word your final authority and giving it first place. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. And here's the purpose. And beat against that house. So Jesus made it clear, it, it came to beat you up. And yet, it did not fall because it had been founded on not a rock, the rock, who is Christ. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid man who built his house upon the sand. When my kids were little, I did not allow them to call people stupid because I thought that was e evil. And then I read, Jesus did. <laughs> okay, in the same storm, and the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and fulfilled the purpose of the storm. Beat upon that house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. Two houses. Two foundations, same storm. None of us are immune. None of us. I wish I were. But I can tell you one thing, if you never have a storm, I would really question whether or not you are any kind of a threat to the devil at all. But this is what the devil does. When he's through with you, he wads you up. Throws you away. Just as a review in John 1, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 1 and following, in the beginning, isn't it funny that Genesis starts, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, because Christ is the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word is Jesus. So every word in this book is so precious because it's not black ink on a, an onion skin or whatever page. It is actually alive and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it's able to divide your soul and your spirit and your joints and your, your marrow and it is able to discern the thoughts and the motives of your heart. And I told you the story of how God revealed that to me last week. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 17, 17 said, Jesus prayed to the Father, the miracle prayer, beckoning us to walk in the glory of God. And he said, sanctify them, Father, or set them apart in the truth. My word is truth. So Jesus is the word. The word is truth. Jesus is the truth. And if you can just get that in you, then it's not going to just be some little scripture you pull out or some little promise. You're actually, the apostle John said, and our hands handled the word of life. And we have that power and ability today to handle the word of life. This, this is a book about blood, the blood covenant. And our hands handle the word of life, the word of truth. The Apostle Paul said, and we hold out to all men the word of life. And that's what my motivation, that's what gets me up in the morning. In Psalm 33, last time we talked a lot about truth. It's Psalm 33, 3 says, sing to him a new song. I wonder what that song is. Play skillfully with a loud and joyful shout. Here's the song. For the word of the Lord is Right. And all his work is done in faithfulness. My godmother gave me a word years ago when I was desperate to hear him. And the word was this. And I, she's has been 100% accurate in my life. And I've told you about her many times. I'm in communication with her often. And she's the one that told me that I would have a child on August 28th. And I said, no way. I've told you this story. Because that was 14 months away and I wasn't waiting. But I had a child on... August 28th. I mean, you can't get more accurate than that. The school of the prophets even teaches avoid dates, mates, and babies. But when you're really connected to heaven, I mean, she was. She gave me a date and it happened. She gave me, told me I would have a, another granddaughter years before I had one. And the word was, tell Sandy to not give up on her little girl. She will come like an exclamation mark with shouts of joy. And she was, she was the caboose. I have a 21-year-old granddaughter and a 7-year-old and eight beautiful, strapping, tall, handsome, strong grandsons in between. Love boys. They're so much easier than girls. I just want to say that. <laughs> they come with all the love and without the drama. So the word of the Lord is right. But the word she gave me when I needed it so much is it will be done and it will be done right. And that's what I needed. And I found out that the right was the word of God. So today we're actually going to talk about, we're going to start talking about some of the things the word does. And today it's the word heals. 
Well, I, you know, then why didn't so-and-so get healed? Well, I don't know. But it does not negate the Word of God. But I'll tell you a story that's going to help you in a little bit. Verse uh, 6. By the Word of the Lord, the Word is Jesus, were the heavens made, and all their host by the breath of his mouth or by his Word. How many of you know if you're talking, you're breathing? Some hor- horrible thing is if a person's choking to death. You can't breathe. I was with somebody one time, and she swallowed wrong. I was at a group, and there was a medical professional with us. And she, she started saying as she was choking, I can't breathe. And the medical professional said, you're talking. You're breathing. He gathers the waters of the sea as in a bottle. He puts the deeps in storage places for he spoke and it was done. When did he speak? Genesis 1. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And it was so and it was good. He spoke and it was done. He commanded it stood fast. Verse 22. Let your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us in proportion to our waiting and hoping in you. So the measure that we wait and hope in the Lord is the measure that we will see his hesed, his loving kindness and truth, the fulfillment of his word. Verse 12, 28 in Ezekiel. I love this. And you got to be, be very aware and very concerned about the mechanical and rote. Because see, pulling a scripture out and just quoting it, wrote, 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 that'll get you nowhere. It's got to be backed by faith. Where is faith? It's in your heart and in your mouth. That's where faith is found. Read Romans 10. You'll see it. The word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. So what is in your heart will come out of your mouth. I know everybody in here, because as far as I can see, you're all adults. Everybody in here has had something said to them or said something that was hurtful. And then what do you say? I didn't mean that. Well, yes, you did. It was just in the storage place. Not the ticker, this, your inner being. Yeah, you did mean it. That's why it's better just to keep your mouth shut. Or as our mothers taught us, if you can't say something nice, there you go. Ezekiel 12, 28, therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, there shall none of my words be deferred anymore, but the word which I have spoken shall be performed, says the Lord God. I receive it. Now, sadly, the context of this verse was judgment. The prophet had decreed through the mouth of the Holy Spirit judgment on these people for their rebellious disobedience. And then he came and he said, my words will not be deferred any longer. But if that's so, the opposite is also so. That those who have walked in faith and integrity and trust, the Hebrew word for trust is betak. I don't know if you say it like that. But it means a deep, abiding, unwavering trust in God. Even when you don't see it, we just sang it. He's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working because he never stops. He never stops working. He doesn't. And I believe Romans 8, 28 is true. I believe that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 
I believe that. I believe the, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for me with groanings too deep for words. I believe he's praying for me to make all things work together for good. Do I understand everything that's happening? I do not. And if somebody tries to sell you their book, why bad things happen? Don't read it. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can know. Sometimes there's just downright disobedience and disregard for the word of the Lord. It's Bible. But that's not my place to judge. I'll tell you this. The gavel of God is coming down and judgment begins with the household of God. And I will tell you this, and I know it with all my heart. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. You better deal with every unresolved issue, unhealed hurt, and unmet need. Like deal, it, deal with it with this. Amen. Because those unresolved conflicts can cost you more than you want to pay. There's a man named Dr. Hammer. I think he began publishing this in 1976, I believe. Today it's called New German Medicine. And this doctor began to research the root behind disease more than the physical route. And he discovered that so much of disease starts with dis-ease. We know that, right? Because David spoke to his soul. He said, soul, bless the Lord. He heals all of your diseases, all of your diseases. And he got fired. And now it's being resurrected because modern medicine is discovering that truth. I have a book that I ordered and it's called um, The Forgiveness Project. And it was actually written by Dr. Michael Berry. Randy and I went to school, to high school with him. And he became a therapist and he worked in a cancer center. And you know what they discovered working with all these patients with cancer? That when they began to forgive and tear up the list, the cancer began to reverse. And they saw powerful healings. And it's called the Forgiveness Project. And so in this hospital, this cancer clinic, they actually had forgiveness classes. Hey, I can teach you that. You can teach yourself. Just go to Matthew 18 and read what Jesus said. And so I am very determined to allow the Holy Spirit to bring every unresolved issue to my conscious mind Every unmet need to my conscious mind, every wound, every hurt. And for heaven's sake, resolve your issues. Because if you don't, they'll manifest in panic attacks, anxiety, worry, fear, all kinds of nasty things. So I'm just sharing my heart with you. Obviously, you know, um, there's a lot going on in my life right now. I love Psalm 107, verse 2. He sent forth his word, Jesus. He sent forth his word, Christ. He sent forth his word, truth. And what did he do with it? And heals them and rescues them from the pit and from destruction. But you know what's not quoted very often is what preceded that scripture. And I'm going to read it to you. This is so amazing. Are you ready? 
Verse 17, some are fools made ill because of the way of their transgressions. What is a transgression? The Lord draws the line. And you step right over it. The Lord says, don't do that. Step right over it. I'm doing it anyway. That's a transgression. A sin is, man, I messed up. I messed the mark. But a transgression is outright rebellion. Uh-oh. Well, that's what happens, you know. Remind me to get the rest of these pearls, okay? Okay. So they're made ill because of the way of their transgressions and are afflicted because of their iniquities. They loathe every kind of food and they draw near to the gates of death. Okay, so these are outright rebellious people. Then, verse 19, they cry to the Lord and in their trouble, and he delivers them out of their distresses. He sends forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit and from destruction. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Okay, so these people were sick because of their transgression. And yet when they cried to the Lord, he healed them and delivered them. What mercy is that? I'm going to read you a story at the end that is just so powerful. Acts 10.38, and it's about this scripture. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were harassed and oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Let me ask you a question. Does sickness and disease harass and oppress you? Yeah, it sure does. But Jesus healed all who were harassed and oppressed by the devil. In Psalm 107, 20 that I just read you, it says he sent forth his word, his word, Jesus, and he healed them. And that word heal is the word Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Summer Bible study for this 2023 is called Journey Through the Heart of the Father. He is Jehovah. And in that study, I took the names of Jehovah and wrote a Bible study on every name. And I want to tell you something. It woke me up in powerful ways. I can't wait to tell some of the stories that the Lord taught me as I, as I did this book. It was absolutely so amazing. 1 John 3, 8. He who, he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, practices evil doing, is of the devil. He takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now here is where the power comes forth. The reason the son of God was made manifest. He tells you the reason that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The reason he was made manifest was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. And that Greek word, undo, means destroy, loosen, and dissolve. So if you need a work of the devil dissolved in your life today, you can apprehend and take this scripture and receive your healing. 
and begin to speak to that affliction and say, be dissolved in Jesus' name. Because for this reason, he appeared. So why are we tolerating the works of the devil when he appeared to destroy them? But, Sandy, that was then. Let me just tell you something. Listen to me very carefully. If you ever hear anybody say to you, well, the reason, the reason that Jesus did so many miracles, I'm going to read a few of them to you in a minute. He did so many miracles was just to prove his deity, but he proved his deity, and so that's over. That is a doctrine of demons. How do you know that? Hebrews 13a, Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday, and forever. So how could that not be so about Jesus when he's the same? What about Acts 1.11? This same Jesus will return. The same Jesus. What about Malachi 3.6? I am the Lord, I change not. What about James 1.17? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation and no shifting shadow. He doesn't change. So how can people with their red pen edit the truth? Who is Jesus? You know, it would be like somebody coming to me and say, Sandy Ross, you have the most beautiful blue eyes. I'd say, you're crazy. I have brown eyes. No, they change. They're blue. No, they're not going to change. You know why? Because of my DNA. Now, could I put in contacts and make my eyes blue? Yes. But my eyes are still brown. It's in my DNA. It is in the DNA of the incorruptible, immutable word of God. He does not change. No, but what about, what about, what about? Well, let me tell you what about. Psalm 119, 37. Turn my eyes away from vanity. All those worldly, meaningless things that distract and let your priorities be mine and restore me with renewed energy in your ways. The Amplified Classic says, restore me to vigorous life and health in your ways. He doesn't change, people. He doesn't change. He's the same. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe the liar. So how do you receive the word to heal you? Oh, I'm going to tell you why. And remember, you can either be a servant of the truth or a servant of the liar. I told you that last week. We're going to read four, uh, Proverbs 4, 20 through 26. But before we do, I just want to tell you a story. Um, a pastor in El Paso, Charles Neiman, and his wife, Rochelle, pastored, I think it's called Abundant Life, for years. And she got ovarian cancer. And it was either the day she passed or the day before, I don't remember. He sat outside her hospital room, and I heard him tell this testimony. And he said these words that so impacted me. He said, Lord, I'll never ask you why. That's between you and her. And let me tell you, that's the position we have to take when we don't understand something. I'll never ask you why. It's between you and her. Sometimes the Lord does reveal why. Sometimes, but not all the time. And the one time, and I've told you this many times, that, that he did reveal why as a young woman we had, and, 
and uh, Cynthia remembers her, Pam remembers her, maybe a few of you do. Um, this is uh, probably 25 years ago, beautiful young woman, 30 years old, repeatedly raped by her father. And, and she got rectal cancer. And she came to our group. And we all embraced her, loved her, and stood with her. And she was an amazingly talented young woman, had two small little children. I did her funeral. And two of the most beautiful women in our group, one was a tall, slender, blue-eyed, blonde. She was a knockout. The other was a very petite, slender, blue-eyed, blonde, beautiful. I'd say they were the two most beautiful people as far as physically in the whole group. And they both befriended her. They became best friends with her and uh, just stayed with her. They were with her the day she died. And I really sought the Lord about this. And one day he spoke to me and he said these words to me. She's made friends with the cancer. She doesn't want to die, but she's afraid that if she gets healed, that people won't want to be her friends anymore because she always hated herself because of what had happened to her, understandably. And after she passed, I knew that this, this smaller, more petite woman, I knew because the woman told me that she had confessed some very private things to her. And so I went to her and I said, I just want to tell you what the Lord said to me. And I just want to know if I heard him. And I told her. And she said, that's exactly right. She was afraid if she was healed that she would not continue to be loved the way. Now, I know that sounds way off, and it is. But you see, those are the kind of insidious lies that the liar tells. Because the truth is, had she received her healing, she would have risen up in more power than anybody could possibly conceive. So I'm just going to say to you again, and I know I'm very sober today, somber, sober, whatever word you want to say, but I'm just saying to you, let the Holy Spirit reveal your conflicts and your issues and deal with them. Bring them to the light. Just like Anna shared, I asked her to share that this morning. Hear her bestie from 20 years ago. They weren't besties anymore. When the Lord revealed to her, he was repairing the breach. What happens? She prays for someone else. I heard you right, correctly. She prays for someone else to have a breach restored. She goes to the store. There's the best friend. As if they had never parted. That's the kind of thing the Lord wants to do in these days. You just have to let him. Proverbs 4.20. This is God's prescription for healing. My son or my daughter's. Attend to my words. We read this last week. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. They are life to those who find them. Healing and health to all their flesh. Is anything exempt from all of your flesh? No. Keep and guard your heart. Isn't it interesting that after he tells you the word will heal you, then he tells you, you better guard your heart. Not the thing that goes lub-dub. Your inner, your inner man. With all vigilance. That means you're supposed to keep guard. In other words, keep the serpent of bitterness and strife and envy and comparison and insecurity and inferiority and grief and sorrow and questions and shaking your fist at God. 
Guard your heart. Keep that serpent out of your heart. And above all that you guard, guard your heart, for out of it flow the springs of life. Let your eyes look right on with a fixed purpose. What's your fixed purpose? Looking on to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, the author and finisher of your faith. Let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established in order to ride. So let me just go through this. Listen to these commands. Attend, consent, submit, let not, keep their life. Put away, let your eyes look, let your gaze, consider well, let all your ways, turn not aside, remove your foot from evil. Who has to do that, Jesus? Oh, there's nothing in here about what Jesus is going to do. This is on you and me. And we wonder why there is so much dis-ease. Why is there so much dis-ease that leads to disease? Well, I can tell you right now, if I, if it were me, and I have done this, I would go and see if I am attending to the word of God. Am I consenting to the word of God? Am I submitting to the word of God? Am I keeping the word of God in front of me? Am I keeping the word of God as the ruler and final authority in my life? Am I guarding my heart with all vigilance? Am I letting life flow out of my heart or am I stopping it up with offense and all those things? Am I saying things that are contrary to the word of God? Am I looking to the right and to the left? Am I considering the path of my feet? Am I walking in faith? Am I walking in love? Am I walking in right standing with God? See, this is how it works. Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. My son, forget not my law or my teaching and let your heart keep my commandments. What's his commandment? A big list or love? One word. For length of days and years of a life worth living. Who wants to live if it's not worth living? A life worth living and tranquility inward, outward, and continuing through old age till death shall they add to you. Let not mercy and kindness shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth. Truth is the word. Shutting out all hypocrisy and falsehood. That's the liar. Forsake you. Bind them about your neck. And write them on the tablet of your heart. Who's he talking to? Well, I was an English teacher and there's something called you understood. And you understood means it might not say you do this, but you understand he's talking to you. So this is all you understood. He's talking to me. So you shall find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all of your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insider understanding. In all of your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. Who? The word. Acknowledge the word. First place, final authority. And he, the word, will direct and make straight and plain your path. You... Understood. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. It shall be health to your nerves, sinews, and marrow, and moistening to your bones. Where's your immune system? It's in your bone marrow. Your immune system is in your bone marrow. How do you have a healthy immune system? Walk in the wisdom of God. Fear God. Turn away from evil. You do it. I do it. These are health scriptures. Quit saying, why God, why? He's telling us the why. 
Why do you think that the trapper sets so many snares? I'll never forget. Some of you were there, but a lot of you weren't. Most of you probably weren't. When Rick years ago taught on offense, and he came out and he had mouse traps all over his jacket. What a visual. Because that's what offense is. It's scandalon. The Greek word scandalon. It means a trap. That's the snare of the trapper. So the devil has a nice trap for every one of us. I had one this morning, seven o'clock something. Just a, just a, an attack from someone via text. And I was like, okay, I'm not in the mood. You ever not in the mood? So what is the will of God? Well, just let me give you a hint. Whenever Jesus says, I will, that's the will. If I say, I will come see you, that means my will is to come see you. If I say, I will give you $100, it is my will to give you $100. So don't make this hard. So let's just read a few scripture. Matthew 8 Verse 1 through 3, 5 through 7, and 16 and 17. And Jesus came down from the mountain, and great throngs followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and prostrated himself and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if, if, if you are willing, you are able to cure me. He knew that Jesus was able, but he said, if you're willing. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. How can you question the will of God? <laughs> Jesus said, I'm willing. Be cleansed by being cured. And instantly, pow, leprosy was cured and cleansed. Verse 8, 5, excuse me. And Jesus went into Capernaum. A centurion came up to him, begging him and saying, Lord, my servant boy is lying at the house, paralyzed and distressed with intense pains. And Jesus said, I will come and restore him. These are just a few. Verse 16 and 17. And when evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons. And he drove out the spirits with the word. And he restored to health all, Jesus Christ the same, who were sick. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. If he took it and he bore it away, I'm going to let him have it. Matthew 9, verse 18. And while Jesus was talking, behold, a ruler entered and knelt down and worshiped him. And he said, my daughter has just now died, but come and lay your hands on her and she will come to life. And Jesus said, I'll come. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Again, Malachi 3, 6. I am the Lord. I do not change. And then my favorite when I was a very young believer and I was very afraid and I was afraid of God and I was afraid of his will and I was afraid of everything I could possibly be afraid of. I was 20, 20 years old. It was a long time ago. Brand new believer and I found this psalm. It's called Psalm 91. And it's a very conditional psalm. When you abide, when you, when you abide, under the shadow of Shaddai, I don't usually do this, but this is the passion. 
You are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me. He's the stronghold to shelter me. He is the only God for me. He is my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. And here you go. When we live our lives, verse 10, 9, within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends his angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Verse 14, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you love me, you delighted in me, you've been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. You will fill my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you. I will honor you. I will satisfy you with a full life and all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. That is the will of God. And he said, I will. When? When you love him. When you love him, you love his word. When you love him, you make his word your final authority. And you give him first place. I'm going to close with a story. We're going to continue to immerse ourselves in the word of God. That's all there is to it. The word is Jesus. And I told you in the beginning, no matter what's happening, I will not back down. I saw, a, read a terrible tragedy of... It happened in a ministry and of someone I love very much. Um, it's my spiritual father and the, one of the grandchildren, great-grandchildren drowned, went to heaven. Little boy, two years old. And I cried, I cried, I cried. I just said, Lord, I just, I don't understand. It's okay if you tell God you don't understand. He knows it. And I heard the Holy Spirit say very clearly, I'll restore double. I'm going to give them twins. And you know, I saw the other day on social media, just by chance, because I'm not a social media troll, and I just happened to see she's pregnant with twins. Does that replace? No. But I've told many mothers that have had the terrible sadness of bearing a child. And many of them have come to me and said, I don't know, I don't know how many children to say I have now. I go, well, you have the same amount of children because the one you buried is more alive than we are. I mean, everybody knows that from the time a child is born, they're dying, <laughs> right? I mean, if Jesus tarries, we're all going the way of all the earth. Just a matter of when we go. But Jesus, the word says, I will satisfy you. I don't think any of us should go before we're satisfied. Because he said, I will. So I'm going to read you this story and we're going to close. And I'm super excited about next week. This is a story that uh, Smith Wigglesworth told. And 
if you know who Smith Wigglesworth was, I mean, he saw people raised from the dead, healings galore. And you know what was really funny, not funny, but interesting, is he had the faith for so many to be healed, but he suffered horribly with kidney stones. And I've had people with kidney stones tell me it is worse than labor. I can't imagine that. So I guess um, a man's never told me it was worse than labor, but I've had women tell me that. <laughs> Here's the story. John Alexander Dowie was a pastor of a church in Sydney, Australia, when the bubonic plague struck around 1875. He buried, buried 40 members of his church in less than one month. And four more people from his congregation died and were still yet to be buried. Many others became sick with this awful plague in which there was no cure. After visiting the many sick members of his flock one day, Dr. Dowie returned home and sat in his study, his arms folded upon his desk, his head upon his arms, weeping before God. God, is everybody going to die, he cried. Are you going to take everybody? Where did this plague come from? Are you the author of this? He was honest, right? It's okay to be honest with God. Guess why? He knows. <laughs> Hebrews 4.13, there is no creature hidden from his side. We're all let naked and laid bare before his eyes. He was heart sick at the thought of the families that would be torn apart by the plague at the children who would be left orphans. John Alexander Dowie later wrote that the words found in Acts 10.38 stood out before him as a light, showing Satan as the defiler and Christ as the healer. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. My tears were wiped away, Dr. Dowie said. My heart was strong. I saw the way of healing and the door there too was open wide. So I said, God, help me now to preach the word to all the dying around. Tell them how it is Satan who defiles and Jesus still delivers us. For he is just the same today. He did not have long to wait. Within minutes, two young men burst into his study, pleading breathlessly. Oh, come at once. Mary is dying. Dr. Dowie ran down the street after them, not even pausing to take his hat. He was furious that Satan would touch and attack this young, innocent member of his flock. Dr. Dowie entered Mary's room and found her in convulsions. Her medical doctor, having given up on her, was preparing to leave. He turned to Dr. Dowie and remarked, Sir, are not God's ways mysterious? The revelation Dr. Dowie had just received from the word of God was burning in his heart. God's way, he thundered. How dare you call that God's way? No, sir, that is the devil's work. He challenged the physician, who was a member of his congregation. Can you pray the prayer of faith that saves the sick? The doctor replied, you are much too excited, sir. Tis best to say God's will be done. And he left. Excited, the word was quite inadequate, for I was almost frenzied with divinely imparted anger and hatred of that foul destroyer. 
Oh, well, okay. Disease, the foul destroyer disease, which was doing Satan's will, Dowie wrote. It's not so, I exclaimed. No will of God sends such cruelty. And I shall never say God's will be done to Satan's works, which God's own son came to destroy. And this is one of them. Remember, I read 1 John 3, 8. Don't you ever say that disease is God's will. How can it be when John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy? Does disease destroy? Answer me. Yes. It is the work of the devil. Oh, how God's word was burning in my heart. Furious at Satan's work, Dr. Dowie then prayed the prayer of faith for Mary, and the girl's convulsions immediately ceased. She fell into such a deep sleep, so much so that her mother worried that she had died. She isn't dead, the triumphant Dr. Dowie assured them. After several minutes, Dr. Dowie awakened Mary. She turned to her mother and exclaimed, Mother, I feel so well. Dr. Dowie quietly thanked God, and he then went into the next room where Mary's brother and sister lay with the same plague. And after prayer, they too were completely healed. Why? Because a man of God had the courage to speak out and realize that the same Jesus that came to destroy the works the devil has done, who went about doing good and healing all oppressed by the devil, is still with us today, except he's in us today. And will we have the courage to believe it? Even if I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.